When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Reckless speculation. It's Mackie and Judd from the TCL Broadcast Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. Write that down. Write that down. I don't have a pencil. Well, remember that. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. I don't know where Judd went. Has anyone seen Judd? There's Judd. There he is. Judd's turning into Royce here. He just like wanders around the hallways. Are we back on the air? That's gonna. That's your future. That's your. It's your. My it's your present. What are you talking about? My future. <laughs> write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. And you're gonna want to be here for write that down today because <laughs> you did very well in the accountability session Hold that on. I have in front of oh, me. Oh, now I'm plugged in. I now I'm ready to have go. a hit yet? Do I? <laughs> Well, we'll get to that. Yeah, it's it's not going well for me. We'll get to that. Um, if you're new to the show or new to the segment, it's called Write That Down, where we make three predictions every single week, and we keep track of our predictions, unlike any other sports talk show or any kind of talk show in the country where they just throw stuff out. Like Stephen A. just throws out these NBA Finals predictions every year, and and people have to go back and find that he was 0 for 7 during the LeBron <laughs> Finals era. But we keep track of our predictions and hold each other accountable every single week. And let's start with Judd Zolgad, who's been on an absolute downward spiral. Yep. This has been a really rough stretch for you. I've been very Buxton-like. Yeah, you started hot. Well, he usually starts cold, gets sent down, <laughs> no, and then finishes cold. hot. You're right. I've just been cold. Uh, but you predicted here. Uh-huh. Let me find this. Uh, you predicted the Vikings would win three of their next four games, and that was headed into the Arizona game. Yeah. They did. Mr. They did win three of their next four. They call four. me Mr. Positivity for a reason. Give you a double on that one. It was, right. it was a pretty easy part of the schedule, but we'll give you a double because it's the NFL. Right. Uh, you also said, and correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think this happened. You said Cousins would not fumble on Sunday night, but that was against the Bears, actually. Yeah, and did he? Did he fumble? He I, you know what? I thought game. that was against the Packers, but it was against the Bears. Let me check. I, I don't think he I don't fumbled. think he fumbled. I think he just threw a pick in that game. In that Bears game. I'll check. I'll check it while you're going through this to make sure. It's a double because they faced <laughs> Khalil Mack and it's Kirk Cousins. We're going to give you a double for him not fumbling. It's basically a coin flip. Fumble so much. Uh, I predicted that the Vikings before the Bears game would win their next two games. I told you guys that the Gophers before the season would win. Actually, I told you after. Rodney Smith went down, that they would, despite that injury, still win eight games. They could win seven if they win their bowl game. Wasn't that far off. Uh, and that Zach Anikstad would throw 20 touchdown passes or more for the Gophers this year. Ooh. 
Ouch. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but but I did tell you that Gophers football would upset Wisconsin within Fleck's first two years, which is a triple. Yeah. Judd followed that prediction from uh, a year ago by me by saying, yes, they will beat Wisconsin. They will pull the upset. Yeah. So we'll give you a double for that one as well. And uh, that brings Judd's batting average back up to 236 on the season. Oh, still not good. 425 slugging percentage. I'm uh, sitting at 258 and slugging 452. Rough season. I know. We had nothing come off the board for the guests or the listeners. On to Manny Hill. It's bad. Who started working on this show and started doing write that down predictions in the summer. Like in Late August, summer. yeah, state fair, state fair time, yeah, state fair time. I remember yeah. it well. It's so, bad, man. It's so the bad. end of August, <laughs> how bad is it? September, Pretty October. Bad. It's been three months. Ooh, okay, three months for Manny. Does not have a hit yet. Yeah, he predicted this is before the Chicago Bears game. What he thought would be just a single, Khalil Mack against the Vikings offensive line, and you predicted he would have at least two sacks against the Vikings. A no-brainer prediction, right? He had one. He had one. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. There was a lot of wailing and gnashing of teeth about the fact he didn't get the second that night because I was sitting yep. by you. Yep. So uh, that leaves Manny's batting average at zero point zero zero. Yeah, it's bad. It's really bad. And you're slugging zero point zero zero. What do we do with him? Fort Myers. <laughs> Fort Myers. Do we send him to? I'm the- just. I'm like damn near out of baseball. At this point. <laughs> <laughs> it's just- Your baseball card worth two cents right now. Yeah. Yeah, Can we send you? We've got Hubbard radio stations up north. We've got radio. We've got KBUN. Can we send Manny up to make some like Northern Minnesota high school hockey predictions or something? I, I've already, <laughs> I've already gone down that route. My first radio job was in uh, Northern Minnesota. Rozo, right? Rozo, yeah. voice of the Rozo Rams. Voice of the Rams for a year. Yeah. Why don't you throw in? I don't know, like a Rozo prediction. Do you know anything about a basketball season starting? High school basketball, right? Gosh, I football season's over. There's yeah, got to be yes. there's got to be a Rozo prediction you can make at some point before the end of the year. I I, I don't even know like who's coaching up there. It was ten years ago. It doesn't matter. Just make predictions. <laughs> who, way, who wins the uh, the, the Rozo World Hockey Game? Okay, I got I got a I got a uh, I got a, I got one. Okay, I'm gonna uh, plug in, get to. I want to plug in the math here because I believe here. I want to just see if you were to tally a hit. Let's see here. What's he over right now? He's over one. Well. In terms of predictions that have come off the board, he's 0 for 6. In terms of predictions that are just out there with chances, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 24. Over, <laughs> over 24. Okay. So your next hit would put you uh, 1 for 25 if you could pull it off here, man. It's really Come bad. on. you got. It's amazing because you... I think when it comes to pulling things from the past in sports, no one is better than Manny Hill. But when it comes to predicting things in the future, there's still some work to do. Can Manny go back and predict thing predict things that that happened previously? The '85 Bears will win the Super Bowl. You'd be golden then. Yeah. Well, you can tell us who uh, the backup tight end was for like the 1996 Patriots or something. But do you know the backup tight end for the 1996? Probably not. Okay. No, no even that Manny. Was a, that was a Super Bowl Patriots team, though. I should. Ben Coates, I think, was the... Oh, yeah, Ben Coates was great. Yeah. Uh, and just to add a little bit more pressure to you here, let me pull up my December calendar, because we do we do reset the batting averages every year, first of the year. Uh, today is the 30th of November. We'll have December 7th to predict. We'll have December 14th. And then December 21st, 28th, kind of depending on people's vacations and whatnot. 
And uh, and if and if you predict something that's for 2019, this goes for everyone. This has been the the worst year of write that down in the history of this segment. We're all hitting oh, below like, 260. It's terrible. Um, but if you predict something that that comes off the board in January, or February, you wouldn't get credit for your 2018 batting average. So if you want to pad your stats, or if you want to, you know, if you're if you want to just stay above the Mendoza line. Your predictions have to be have come off the board in the 2018. Comedy. So you stand to win the batting title right now at 260 something. Uh, well, let's see here. We've I want to pull up the the listener batting averages too. Yes. So I'm batting 256. Oh You're batting 236. Oh. Listeners are batting 235. The guest predictors are batting 214, and Manny is batting zero. <laughs> this might be the last year of write that down. It was a great idea at one time, but this we might is have embarrassing. to sub in sub in Jonathan to make at least one prediction a week just to like like. Late inning replacement for Manny or something. All right. <laughs> Write it down. You like writing things down. Write this down. All right. We'll go uh, Judd, Manny, Phil, and we'll do it three times. I'm going back to the well of Vikings predictions. The Vikings will lose to the, to the Patriots on Sunday, but then beat the Seahawks the following Monday night. Okay. So in the next two games, the, Vi- the Vikings are going to lose on Sunday at New England in Foxborough, but then they're going to come back and beat Seattle the following Monday night. Okay. So. Write it down. You like writing things down. I think most fans would take that at this point. Write this down. Tough schedule. Over to Manny. Urban Meyer will step down as Ohio State football coach after this season. Ooh. I think that's absolutely going to happen. Okay. I think you're going to be golden on that one. Okay. Write that down. But hold on a second. But you're not going to get that within the calendar year, though. You won't. So well, if, it, if, if you want to put a timing, if you want to say that he steps down before the college football playoff, You'd get it. No, I'm, I, I just, I just, I gotta get it on base. So even if, even if, <laughs> even, even if everything even for rolls, next year, you know, even if everything <laughs> switches up starting next year, out. Yeah. Is there like a Dominican winter league of write that down that we just to get some? <laughs> Can you just, just go to get to like some looks? Thirteen write that downs there. Just get a couple and come back. <laughs> we don't need you to have a lot of games there. Just need you to like, you know, not even three per day. Just like one prediction just, per day. Just go, go there and track pitches for like a week. <laughs> don't even swing. Track, track just, takes. Track takes. See, that was a hot take. See, I was thinking <laughs> of, a hot take. I was thinking of having one of them being just something that's going to get me on base somehow and that the Vikings are going to score a touchdown on Sunday. But watch, I will do that and then the Vikings will get yep. shut out of the end zone on Sunday. So I'm not gonna I'm not even gonna go there. Write that down. I don't have a pencil. Well remember that then. Write this down. Write this down. I tried this before the Bears game. I'm gonna try it again. The Vikings will win both of their next two games. Mm. The Vikings, the Vikings will, you know what? Screw it. The Vikings will run the table in the regular season from this point forward. Wow. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm are, going, you, are you I'm, serious? I'm going for slugging percentage at this point. That, no, that will probably get them the division. No batting, yes, average, no batting average is worth salvaging at this point. I'm up there. I am Adam Dunn. I'm swinging for the fences. The Vikings will run the table in the regular season wow. from this point forward. I don't know what to say. I'm at a loss for words. That's an, that's as aggressive of write that down very as we've had. We've had in the past, too, we've had forced home run segments, which we could bring back in 2019. But this is not one of those. No, I'm just, hey, wow. I'm just up there knocking dirt off my cleats. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. Twins fans aren't going to like this, but you can write this down. The Twins will have a payroll under $100 million to open the season. The so Twins trust payroll, the Royce I trust. I trust what Patrick has heard. The Twins will have a payroll under 100 million to open the 2019 season. Yeah, I don't love this idea that Pat threw out that they want to 
bring the, the it's not the poll ads, but it's the front office that wants to kind of bring the payroll down. Yep. I mean, if you can sign one and two year contracts like that, Josh Donaldson contract, that doesn't hurt you three years from now. No. Nope. But whatever. Write it down. You like writing things down. Write this down. All right, back to Manny. Come on, man, you got this. <laughs> Hugh Jackson will be the next Cincinnati Bengals head coach. Okay. If that happens, <laughs> along with the Jaguars, they should be thrown out of the country. <laughs> that dude cannot deserve a third opportunity, right? It's it's the Cincinnati Bengals. No, he can't, but... It's the Cincinnati well, Bengals. You, Paul Brown, right? If you had a choice yeah. to keep Marvin Brown, Lewis for Mike a Brown. 17th year or whatever it is, or hire Hugh Jackson, wouldn't you just keep Marvin Lewis? Like, what has Hugh Jackson proven that, the that rumor, makes him better than Marvin Lewis? All bets are off with Mike Brown. The rumor shock me whatsoever. The rumor two weeks ago is Marvin's going to be kicked upstairs, though, not fired. And Hughes' oh, buddy really? is going to replace him. They're going to go the sort of the twins route. Yes. Hmm. It's an awful idea, but write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. Okay. Um, I, I kind of I, I sense what's happening here. Manny's making some predictions for 2019. I'm just going to predict it. Manny will finish hitless in the 2018 <laughs> write that down season. <laughs> I'm just gonna what a throw teammate. Just what a teammate. I am rooting for you. <laughs> Thanks, Jimmy hey, Butler. I also have a prediction that you let me down on, Judd. So that's why I'm going negative here. I predicted earlier in the year that you would hit 300 and write that down this season. And ever since I made that prediction, it's like you've just been sabotaging your own season <laughs> Go on. to prove me wrong on that prediction. Excellent. <laughs> I think it, it was that 0 for 14 stretch in about one week's time that killed me. Yep. Or write maybe it down. You like writing things down. Write that down. All right. In honor of our 430 guest, Lindsay Whalen, I am going to predict the Gopher women's basketball team will win at least two games in the NCAA tournament this season. Mm. The Gopher women's basketball team will not only make the tournament, they will get at least two victories in that tournament. Okay. Uh, that was a really fun second half. I watched the second half of that game, and they blew a nine-point lead, and then they came back when they were down by five or six, and they, they missed a couple free throws that could have put it away, which... And then Lindsay got in the ear of an official. We need to know what she said. Oh, did she? Oh, yeah. Like she walked up and scolded this official during a timeout. Really? Yeah. I want to write that. I got to ask her about write that. Write that down. Uh, yeah, that was that was awesome. Okay. Back write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. Uh, the Timberwolves will beat the Boston Celtics tomorrow. There it is. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. I got to get he's, one. He's tracking pitches. I got to get one. I don't know what's going to happen, but okay. They'll beat the Celtics. The Celtics have been. Yeah, you know what? You. And the way the Wolves are playing right little, now. Yeah, the Celtics have been a little underwhelming. You know they'll get back get it back how on many, track later. But. How many points will Andrew Wiggins score en route to the victory? So like a little side... Uh, like seven? Like a little bonus, Four? write that down Four? here. Three of 15 Andrew field? Wiggins will score at least 10 points tomorrow night. Is it, are, you, are, you is this, is this, are you combo-ing? Is this a parlay yeah, or are they two oh. separate? The Wolves will win. They will beat the Celtics and Andrew Wiggins you're will com- score at least 10 points. You're going, okay. So... I mean, he is averaging. Did you guys do that segment yet? The deadspin piece? We briefly touched on it. We but, should definitely get, get back into yeah, that. Yeah. I mean, it's not just, oh, Wiggins is kind of a bust. It's There's only three players in the history of the league that are that have done what he's about to do this season, and it's not a good thing. He has been awful in the last two weeks. Yeah. Write it down. You like writing things down? Write this down. I'm going to make a Wiggins prediction, too. Andrew Wiggins, at some point between... Now and the first of the year will come off the bench in a game. So he will be benched to start a game at some point in the next month. They will finally cave in and have him come off the bench or start just, Kogi? or I, I will, I'll just say he'll be benched to start a game for non-injury reasons at some point in the next month. 
Because I could see them just sitting him for a game to clear his head at some point, which won't work, but like it makes your team better for that game. So <laughs> Write this no, down. Write work. it down. You like writing things down. And uh, if you guys have predictions as uh, just a group of listeners wanting to go on the record with predictions, you can always email Mackie and Judd at 1500ESPN.com. But let's, uh, let's dive into that Wiggins piece here before the hour's over. And also, Lindsey Whalen will join the show off that victory over Syracuse last night. Our friend Lindsey Whalen around 4.30, Matthew Collar later on, Sage Rosenfels. Every Friday around this time, I sit down with my guy Dale Tondrick, and we talk about financial planning, retirement planning, and all things that we should be thinking about here, uh, where to put our money to set us up in the right spot for the future. Mackie and Judd are back. I have indeed been uploaded, sir. We're online and ready. On 1500 ESPN. All right, quick check on your traffic here in the TCL Broadcast Studio. 694, we still have that crash uh, in Brooklyn Center between uh, Highway 100 and 252, causing a nine-minute delay. And also 169, uh, we've got a crash in Eden Prairie, causing an eight-minute delay. That's between Pioneer Trail and Anderson Lakes Parkway. Thank you, Manny. Lindsey Whalen will join the show here in about 10 minutes or so. Uh, But this article from Deadspin.com called So Andrew Wiggins is doing great caught our eye earlier today. Uh, they have they have his performance in the post Jimmy Butler era which is let's see here 80 points over his past 7 games on 106 shots. <laughs> only 10 free throw attempts over those 7 games too. Is that true? He's only gone to the free throw line 10 times in the last 7 games? It's not surprising. That's yeah, he impossible. Doesn't drive to the basket that much anymore. Well, he like he did four years ago or three years ago. He, they also have so they have a heat map. Well, it's mostly a cold map. I was gonna say that for him. that ain't no heat map. It's ice cold. Yeah, and he has uh, of those shot attempts of those one hundred six shot attempts, thirty eight are from the rim, point blank, getting to the rim in some form. But he's only making forty seven percent of those shots. That's awful. That's At the really, between really zero bad. and three feet, that's really really bad. League average is fifty eight percent, and he's at forty seven percent. And that's a dude who finishes too. It's, so it's it's weird. Uh, but they wrote this nugget just to put into context how bad a season he's having. And this is the first year of a big boy max contract. Mm-hmm. On the season, Wiggins has scored two hundred sixty nine points, so fourteen point nine points per game on fifteen point four shot attempts per game. So. Just under 15 points per game, but just over 15 shot attempts per game, which I think leads the team. I think he takes the most shots of anyone on the team. According to uh, the NBA's uh, stat site, he's on pace to join a very dubious club. Actually, this is according to Basketball Reference. Since the NBA and ABA merged in 1976, when Judd was seven years old. I remember it well. Only three regular players, Jojo White in 1977-78, Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf, Mm-hmm. In 1990-91, and Jason Williams, uh, white chocolate Jason Williams in 2001-2002, have ever finished a season averaging fewer than 15 points per game on more than 15 shot attempts per game. That's not the group a 23-year-old former first overall pick playing on a max contract wants to be in, my friends. Anyways, here are some photos of Andrew Wiggins that I feel are good, and it's like him taking contested jump shots with a hand in his face. Staring at the rim at one point. Yep, that's him. It's not changing. Would you guys attach a first-round pick to get rid of him? No, not right now. I know we floated that, that first, a couple days ago, but like that first I round would now. Pick, 
I wouldn't right now yet because that first round pick is, I think, maximizing that first round pick is more important than trying to get rid of Andrew Wiggins right now. As bad as that contract is right now. I'll go back to what I told you guys in the first hour of the show. What I don't understand is the the only thing that I would do immediately would be allow Josh Okogie to play. And I would still play Andrew, but there is no... You give me the compelling case to allow... It's not... I don't agree that he's going to shoot his way out of this issue. It's him. It's just him. And he's and he's. It's not like he's been a great shooter who's going through and, a slump. And and in Tibbs's case, Tibbs supposedly wants to win right now, which okay, I don't always agree with, but in this case, I guess I do get. Yeah. So if you play a Kogi, guess what? That that gives you a better chance to develop him for the future, but also to win right now. And while Tibbs is tied up in the fact that he was certainly involved in signing Andrew to the max contract. There's a lot of fault here. It's not all tips. No. So so what I would do right now is I would find minutes and space at Andrew Wiggins' expense for Josh Kogi to play. That would be my starting point right now. I guess what doesn't make sense to me is what has he done to earn 30 to 40 minutes a game at this point? Nothing. And I don't want to hear, well, he averaged as a 20-year-old, a 21-year-old, he was a guy who averaged 20 points a game. Okay, I want to know more about efficiency than points per game. If it like like this number that that uh, Deadspin pulled up, that shows you almost anyone can score fifteen or twenty points a game if they take enough shots to get there. Mm-hmm. But like Allen Iverson used to drop 25, 30 points on forty shots, and like that's why people didn't regard Iverson is uh, as the same type of player as a Michael Jordan or a Kobe because it just like he wasn't efficient, and that's why his teams weren't as good as they probably could have been. And so, like, well, he averages 20 points per game. Yeah, but you're working with a capped number of shots because the game is timed. So if if you're only going to get as a team, whatever, 70 or 80 shots up on average in a game, and this dude's taking a large percentage of them, the largest percentage of them, and he's going 3 for 15 and 4 for 15, then it doesn't matter if he scores 20 points because he's not doing it in an efficient, team-friendly way. So I guess my question would be, why is he playing even 30 minutes a game? Even he's, He used to be playing 35 or 40 minutes a game. And why is Josh Akogi only getting in in garbage time? And if the answer is, well, Josh Akogi has to prove himself, I would flip that around and say, you know what? Wiggins sits and gets snackable minutes, 5, 10 minutes, until he proves himself. Until he proves that he knows where to shoot and, and, Wig- and how to be efficient and play off the ball. And Wiggins also does not pass any test. Statistical, analytics, Eye test? No. There's no, but if you, if he passed the eye test and he was a struggling player who was working his ass off every single night and he was going through this and you said, okay, that, I identify that as a slump, but you are going to break out of the slump and that's what I truly believe. Mm -hmm. But watch him. There's no test he passes. Yeah. Josh Akogi passes a lot of those tests. Oh, the eye test in a second. Obviously, you know, he's, he's raw and not the greatest shooter, but. If you're if you're looking at those two guys and forget about how much money they make and forget about the fact that Wiggins has had some big games in the past, to just look at who he has devolved into as a player right now. Who has earned 30 minutes this season more? Josh Akogi or Andrew Wiggins? And to me it's Josh Akogi. The number that is really standing out to me and Phil you went over it was the shooting percentage at the rim from within 3 feet of the basket because when he has struggled with his outside shot, our the, the counter to that has always been, okay, well, 
to try and get him going, he needs to get ba- he needs to get to the basket oh, because yeah. when he was younger, his first couple years in the league, he was one of the best in the league at getting to the basket. And now that that he's not even yeah. efficient at that anymore. So it's like there is no good shot that he can take right now because he can't hit any shots with yeah. any sort of consistency right now. You know who has been good at basketball is Lindsey Whalen. Yes. And she's going to join us when we come back here to the TCL Broadcast Studios. Uh, also, the football hour coming up. Matthew Collar, Sage Rosenfeld, Metro Locations, and go to Lucky's13Pub.com. So I watched uh, the entire second half last night, and uh, the atmosphere looked fun on TV. Lindsey Whalen, number 12 Syracuse, took punches from you in the second half. Not you, literally, but they came back. They took a lead. You guys bounced back. What a fun atmosphere last night and what a big win for you 6-0 Lindsay how's it going so far yeah that atmosphere was was great last night it was um it was fun to be a part of that's for sure and so it's been it's been great I mean I I love it I love being around our team and and, and coaching coaching the women and, and just being a part of our our staff and, and back at the university it's been it's been a lot of fun so um nights like last night were um yeah like you said it was Back and forth, we started out. Uh, I like that we were their more aggressive team from the start last night, and so you know, defensively they they followed the game plan for 40 minutes, and and then we weren't we didn't back down from them, and we knew that they were going to press for 40 minutes, and then just they were going to sit in their their Syracuse matchup zone and and make us make shots from the outside, but we just stayed patient, stayed with it, and and ended up getting a win. Got down six late, um, and then after um, kind of gathering ourselves, we were able to, I think, go on a 12-0 run, and then that kind of sealed it from there. So it was all in all a really good night, and, and I know the fans who were there were really into it and, and excited about the game. Okay, so it's been fun, but but what's it been like uh, to be coaching, and and what was it like the first time that, that you were involved in the intensity of coaching a game and realized that there was one problem, you couldn't play? Uh, you know, I was, I'm actually, uh, I've been okay. I, I've been okay with it. I'm, I'm good. I'm, um, I don't know. I don't, I don't really, I don't really miss playing much at all. I, I'm still get to be around all the really fun parts of, of the game. Like the last, the last probably year that I was, when I was thinking about retiring, the parts that I still really wanted to be a part of was a part of the team and pregame and, and game planning and, and then going through game situations and whatnot. Now I just don't have to run up and down the court, which is nice. I just run on my little area that I can be in where I'm a coach. So uh, I'm less sore after games, which is nice. And so I don't know. I, I feel like I, as far as playing, I got to do everything I wanted to do. So now I, I feel really comfortable and really um, just embracing this role as, as coach and, and been having a lot of fun with it. So I think my, my playing days are behind me, but it's it's fun to be in a whole new um, seeing the game from a whole new different angle and finding out ways to, to still help the team and impact the game in a positive way and, and impact our players in a positive way is, is the big thing for me now. Not just a little part? I mean, point guard play, no, something? Because yeah. no, you, you were complete control of the game. I, I might have said free throws at one point late yesterday, <laughs> but... No, I'm, I don't know. It's, it's weird. Yeah, like, I, our coaches, um, we always talk before, like, would our staff beat their staff in a game of, like, four-on-four, four, you know, or five-on-five, five, and we kind of go through the matchups just jokingly. And I'm just like, yeah, you know, I'm good. I'm good. I'm, I, I don't think I'll probably – I don't know if I'll ever play basketball again. I don't know. I, I like to still shoot and whatnot, but as far as playing, I, I, like, I, see, I like seeing the game from where I'm at now. I feel like I said, I feel like I, playing-wise I got to do – 
everything I wanted to do, and now it's just really fun um, being over there and, and helping these guys. It's, it's their time now, and so I, I just feel really good about that, and I feel really good about my role. Lindsay, what kind of a what kind of a teacher and leader are you? Have you have you have you entrenched yourself long enough to have a certain style or, or approach? Uh, you know, I think for the most part, right now, just coming, just being a player, literally three months ago, I think trying to the fact that I understand kind of what their bodies are going through during a game and through through a season when you're sore, or you're tired, or you're having to fight through kind of nagging things. Um, I mean, I, I'd like to ho- hope to think I'm, you know, pretty uh, realistic and and we can have open lines of communication about what we all need as a, you know, how I can help the players get better and how I can help them be successful. So if that's a player's coach or if that's someone who's, um, you know, kind of willing to listen and, and, and hear new ideas and whatnot, I, I guess that's how I hope I've been so far. Um, you know, I, I will say yesterday I definitely had an – I'm sure our players could sense I had an edge – uh, going into shoot around because it was, um, you know, these opportunities, you know, to play a ranked opponent and and whatnot in in the non conference is a big deal, and so we wanted to seize that opportunity. But um, but overall, for the most part, I hope I'm, you know, open lines of communication and and someone who the players feel comfortable that they can come in and talk to at yeah. any point. What would you say is from a basketball coaching standpoint? What is the greatest impact a basketball coach can have in a two and a half hour game window? You know, I think, um, you know, just understanding that, it's a, you know, one, it's a long game and there's ups and downs. And and we knew, like last night, we knew at some point that they were probably going to go on a run and we just had to stay even keeled. So for me, when I played for Cheryl or Gino or Coach T, when when they were remained just kind of calm and steady and helped us through it, that was always the best. And, and, and they did that more often than not because I, I got to play for, you know, three of the best coaches ever. So... Just when they, they kind of have that calming influence and, and just understanding that you're always prepared and ready to just go play your game. Um, I always felt really confident as a player when, when my coaches would put me in that mindset. So, um, you know, that was kind of what I always felt, um, you know, was, was something that I wanted to – if I would coach, that's kind of something I always felt like I wanted to, to do. And, and so I hope last night I was able to help our players um, through, you know, probably the most important part was – at the end when we got down six to just help them through and kind of problem solve and whatever happened before that to have us get down six, we'll fix it later. We'll, we'll watch it later. We'll talk about it later, but right now we have to fix it. So hopefully, hopefully those things have been good for our team. What's the, the biggest in-game challenge consistently in, uh, in this now for tr- trying to coach games? What would you say is so- something that, that you perhaps didn't even think about now, but you've come across that is a challenging aspect of trying to coach basketball in-game? Yeah, I would say, um, you know, so you get five timeouts and just understanding kind of how to utilize them and different games and different situations. Like last night, I knew our rotation was probably going to be a little bit shorter, so understanding to use those timeouts for more rest for Hart. We had three players play 40 minutes last night. So um, I think just that, understanding that whole aspect, because that's something, you know, I've, you know, Cheryl gave me so much freedom for play calling and understanding, you know, adjustments and different things in game. Um, you know what she called every time out. I don't know if I really ever called a timeout. And so I think just those things and utilizing them to the teams, you know, for, to, to our advantage and, and just understanding kind of when and how that they can be strategically, you know, used throughout the game. Um, so that's probably been the thing that, I've, you know, you just have to learn. And the only way to learn is go through games and, and do it. And so I think that that's something that um, that's been something that I probably had to learn the quickest. 
um, is just how to utilize those and understand uh, when to take one. Boy, we thought Tibbs ran his players into the ground. Yeah, what are you yeah. doing? Those minutes are ridiculous, Waylon. <laughs> I was waiting for somebody to say something today because I was like, <laughs> everybody's usually all over Tibbs about playing these guys so much. And I'm like, I played three players and didn't even sub them once. So I was waiting in that. And it was you guys, so I love how I love how I love how when you were when you were dabbling in media before you took this job and then you know it's like, Well, you can't run players into the ground and now it's like actually no reserves will ever play. Well, let me just tell you, I knew it was just with the way that it has set up, I was thinking it was gonna be more of a veteran kind of game and so um we were relied heavily on our seat our juniors and seniors because you know, for for our team, for our team this season, it's our first time we played a ranked opponent and somebody coming in here with um you know who had won they had just won their tournament and i think it was in, in cancun and so so yeah i you know i knew those guys were going to play heavy minutes now did i think that they were all gonna play 40 no but you know honestly we did we used our timeouts and we we got five and then you get a media every quarter too so um i'm sure they're tired and sore today but um you know i kept telling my assistant coaches if you if they look like they need one let me know and they Good thing they're young and in shape because they can play. They can play for a long time and not look tired, and they yeah. still had enough legs at the end because all three of those guys that played 40 minutes ended up having huge impacts at the end of the game. So good for them and their conditioning and their their willingness to work hard. Uh, Lindsay, are you are you able to tell us what you said to that ref during the timeout when you walked up to him near the end of the game <laughs> without getting fined or fired? Oh, yeah, well, you know. I, I had just, uh, yeah, I don't even know what I can really say, but uh, I had felt that, um, you know, Kanisha was um, kind of getting affected a lot in her jump shots, and then I think they, they called one. It probably was a foul at the, you know, at the other end. I just couldn't see it, and so I was, yeah, I had just seen Kanisha, um, you know, I felt like she got fouled. They didn't call it. Um, they told me they didn't see anything, so, um, you know, they could go to the other end, and there's a foul at the end of the quarter, and it looked... It looked clean to me, but when the but then once he explained it, I was like, you know, okay, that's fine. But you know, in the middle of the game, the heat of the moment, I'm not sure. I said, okay, fine at that point. But um, <laughs> but now looking back on it, now with uh, now that I'm calmed down and everything, you can understand. So uh, so yeah, that's all it was. I was just asking him about that call at the other end and if we could potentially get that call. And I mean, honestly, we shot three free throws, so um, I think they shot uh, they shot six. Waylon, yeah, it was thirty know, to so six. You should have been thanking these people. <laughs> yeah, well, when you're up four going into the fourth quarter, it's like you know you want every advantage you can get. So no, I, I, I thought the refs did a did a great job. They were tremendous. <laughs> what would it take to get you tossed from a game? How far? How bad a call would would we have to see before normally calm? Lindsay Whalen gets herself ejected from a basketball game. Is there anything? Oh, I don't, man. I don't even know. I don't. I don't. I couldn't. Definitely not anytime soon. I couldn't. I could not even imagine what that would what that would be like. So, um, I've never been ejected as a player, and so my goal is to def- is to never be ejected as a coach. So I hope never. Honestly, I never. I mean, you know, you you work hard. You're watching all this video to get to the game, and and then you get thrown out. I mean, no no coach. I don't, I don't think ever would you know, want to get the game. So I hope we at least need a trademark. Like like Cheryl had the jacket throw. P- Patino has the tie. Like he'll take the tie yep. off sometimes uh, early. I, like yeah. I wonder if he'll do that tonight. Oh, I'm guaranteed. You have if it, US Bank's didn't you have to take the tie off. That's good. I don't know. I don't have I don't really have anything to throw or take off. So um I don't know. I I like to have these little mints. I don't know if you guys can see but I have these mints by me at all times in the game. I don't know. That's kind of my nerve. You know, I like to have a 
uh, one of those. Just throw a mint. I mean, Steph, Steph Curry threw his I gum one throw time. A mint, but I've, I've so far that's been the only thing that kind of I like to have a mint like every quarter at least one. So I don't know. <laughs> then you can get you can also it's a, it's it's less obnoxious too if you do happen to get in the grill of someone. At least your breath doesn't smell like you garbage. See, that's too, what right? I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. You're t- talking the whole game and everything. So. I don't know. I don't like my out, you know, for the games, I like to feel like, you know, look good, but also be comfortable because that's just how I feel like I'll be the most effective. So I'm, I don't know. So far, I haven't really been feeling like wearing a jacket. So I don't have that to toss. And I don't know. I'm not, I don't think I'm going to wear a tie. So I don't know. <laughs> Lindsay, maybe you should I'm do I'm just going to go with mints. Maybe you should do the uh, like the Nick Nolte thing in blue chips and just punt the basketball like out of the arena, you know? <laughs> that Something could be like a that, signature yeah. too. I could grab the towel. What, uh, the, the towel, the coach that had Tarkanian, the towel. Jerry, Jerry Tarkanian. Tarkanian. Oh, there you should you do that. Yeah. That's it, a great who's idea. Other, yeah, who was the other one that always had the towel? Uh, was it Cheney? Cheney had a towel too. Yeah, with Temple, Temple. Yeah. John Cheney. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those, I remember those guys with those towels. But I like no, it. I don't know. I, I'm thinking that's just I don't know. We'll have to see. Maybe maybe I really won't have a signature. I'll just um, I'll just be over there and. I don't know. Maybe your I'll signature. Maybe your signature will wind up to just being an awesome team that wins a national championship at some point. That would be fun. Well, you know, if that's the signature that we go with, then I'm willing to accept it. Awesome. I'm definitely willing to accept that. I like that. Uh, Air Force on Sunday, and then uh, the Big Ten schedule starts later on in December. Uh, Wisconsin yeah. actually first up on the Big Ten schedule on December 28th. So, yeah, yeah. super fun. Heating up. up. Good catching up with you, Lindsay. See ya. Yep. Thanks, guys. Bye. See ya. Lindsay Whalen, head coach of the Gopher women's basketball team. I like they, the towel uh, idea. They beat Syracuse last night. I yeah, like the towel a lot. Cool. Would you just sit there and gnaw on the towel yeah. like Jerry On Tarkanian? your shoulder and then start to chew it? Yeah. But he would chew it during the game, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nervous tick. <laughs> I like this idea. I think it, it's a good one. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that was awesome. Lindsay, and Lindsay was, she was a regular on our show for a long time and then yeah. she's right, though. took she, a job. She can't complain. They had the f- the free throws last night were thirty one for the Gophers, six for Syracuse. Yeah, that might have been a little home cooking. Uh huh. Little home cooking. Um, we're gonna have uh, Matthew Collar pretty quickly here as part of the football hour and Sage Rosenfels. And before we get to any of those things, I got some stocking stuffers for you, the audience. I don't know if you could fit the car in a stocking, but in terms of if you're looking for a great deal on maybe a big time holiday present for a loved one. How about a pre-owned vehicle from Luther Brookdale Toyota? Uh, that's some of the most durable vehicles you're going to find in the world, and it's the best service department, at least in my experience, in the Twin Cities. You can get into a 2008 Toyota Camry L4 Auto uh, Automatic for just $69.95. How about, uh, let's see, let me scroll down here into the pre-owned section. It's very easy to find on LutherBrookdaleToyota.com. A 2013 Corolla Sport for just under $10,000. Uh, 2007 Tacoma with uh, some bells and whistles there, $11,198. I mean, you can get some great deals on pre-owned vehicles and have peace of mind getting them serviced at Luther Brookdale Toyota, 694 and Clem Boulevard. People, people, I have an important announcement. Mackie and Judd are back after this brief timeout Whoa. on 1500 ESPN. On the 24, and they are rolling. Who that said they're going to beat them Saints? We that. We the Cowboys. We said it, and we did it. Glad to see he's NFL a, Network last unbiased night. Oh. Mm-hmm. Steve, reporter. Steve Smith staring at him as he talked was worth watching it for. <laughs> you picked against the 
Cowboys today. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Explain you yourself. You might people fool, but you didn't even believe in the Cowboys. You can't rob my glory with that you story. You didn't even believe you in the Cowboys. You can't rob my glory you with that story. That has nothing to do with the price of tomatoes here tonight. Uh-oh. The Cowboys <laughs> did what they had to do. Herb's glasses are fogging up. And then Steve Smith starts to talk, and that's when he screams incoherently. Well, here's the thing that was very... Oh! <laughs> ah! We need to get him some medicine. It's right. <laughs> oh! Ah! <laughs> Do we know what that was? Is, is he saying There's something? I don't know. Well, remember... They're a few seven weeks and ago. five. They're not ten and two. Remember a couple <sighs> of weeks ago when he went on first take? Yeah. And he and he completely just lost it on Stephen A. Smith. We played that, so, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We did. And I I think that Michael Irvin, when a Steve Smith or a Stephen A. Smith, some form of a Steve Smith is in is in the presence. Mm-hmm. That's it, it's yeah. That's what we get. That's well, what guys, we get. You guys remember last year when Miami football oh. was good? I I believe it was last year. He had an Instagram post after Miami won a like a surprise game that they weren't supposed to win, and he loses his dang mind. I had the clip in the system somewhere, but then someone recorded over. But it was amazing him just going off about Miami winning the football game. It was awesome, and it sounded much like the the screaming clip there. <laughs> Could you imagine <laughs> if the Cowboys like go? All the way to like the NFC Championship game, or even like the Super Bowl. It's not. I don't think it's going to happen. But they're going to win the division now, aren't they? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Alex Smith being out for the year, and it's not good. Nobody else in that division's any good. Yeah. I mean, they uh, they've won what four games in a row now. I don't know. That doesn't feel like a very scary team. Jason Garrett is a Teflon coach. Too every single time that dude's on the hot seat, (laughs) they roll off like three wins in a row. in and fact, I guess we'll keep him around. In fact, Skip Bayless tweeted as that game came to its conclusion last night, this is the worst thing that could possibly happen. Because so Jason Garrett's going to keep his job now. Jerry's not going to fire him. Jerry's hmm. going to keep him. They're going to win the division, and Jerry's going to keep him. And people, Cowboys fans, hate Jason Garrett. Do they will, really? Is, is they he, don't like him. Okay. No. I will say that was a pretty impressive defensive performance by them last night, though. Yeah. Against... Probably the best team in football, the New Orleans Saints. But it also, to what, and we're going to talk to Collar about some of this stuff. Like, it's the NFL, sometimes weird things happen. You, yeah. Even if you're an amazing team, uh, you're the Saints. The Vikings went into Tampa Bay in 1998 and just completely soiled themselves, mm-hmm. right? The Vikings, well, the Vikings got beat by the Bills by three touchdowns. Sometimes, and these Thursday night games, I think, are more prone to results like that. So... Good for the Cowboys. It's awesome. I don't think it really means anything particularly negative for the Saints, though. I still want to know last night how the Cowboys got a first down when Beasley caught that ball and started crawling and got touched down. And so he's down, and they called it a first down. I want to know how can officiating, how a week and a half ago you put together an all-star officiating crew for Rams Chiefs, which is great. That's fine. But you put together that crew, and then you have Saints-Cowboys in prime time as well. Walt Anderson and that crew, and they're absolutely awful. You have helmet to helmet hits that aren't called. You have a first down that's that's incorrectly called. You've got Dak Prescott being face masked. I mean, that game last night was it was awful how that was officiated. Yeah. Uh, we actually have behind the scenes audio. Walt is Walt Anderson, right? Walt he Anderson, was actually yeah. uh, there was a meeting between him and some of the higher ups, and he was being scolded by his bosses. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> he did not go well. This is also the sound that uh, the Judd makes when he walks into Bunnies and hears that, oh, two for one's just started. 
No, that's the sound I make when I walk in and the main bar is completely filled. And I can't get a bar stool. Get out! Clear space! Space for one! Noises he's making. Oh my goodness. Um, we do have Matthew Collar coming up here. And actually, you know what we should do? Because we have this Red Cow uh, $50 gift card to give away. So let me come up with, I got, I've got something here. We've been ripping on Andrew Wiggins, rightfully so. Uh, if you can tell us, let's do this. If you can tell us at 651-646-8255 or 877-615-1500, how many in the last, oh my gosh, in the last uh, six games, in the last six games, the last five games, sorry, I'm butchering this. The last five games, how many total assists does Andrew Wiggins have in the last five games? All right, 651-646-8255. I'll give you the answer here down the line. Yeah, turn your mic off. All right. <laughs> Just an impromptu trivia. When you get to go to Red Cow, Red Rabbit. Turn, turn your mic off, and I got to add these up. 651-646-8255. Matthew Collar on Vikings and uh, potentially key injury report slash status when we come back here.